This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. While Democrats are demanding abortion tents in national parks to mass murder American babies on federal land, and Satanists are claiming they're entitled to abortion as a religious right, black activists, members of Project 21 Black Leadership Network, are cheering the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling, sending abortion policy back to individual states. They said an unborn child now has a fighting chance at life. Those were the words of Stephen Mosley, Project 21 member. As stated in the Declaration of Independence, he said, we have the right to life. Today, those words ring truer for the unborn. In the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, the justices last week voted 6-3 to three to effectively overturn the court's Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey decisions. That ruling means abortion policy will now be determined at the state level rather than federally. So it doesn't abolish abortion, abortion, it actually reverts it now totally to the states. We've won this fight in the courtroom, said Horace Cooper, Project 21 co-chairman, but those who support the unborn can't rest. In a country where American progressives advocate imposing the most radical abortion policy on planet Earth, protecting the unborn will require ongoing vigilance. The Dobbs decision will have an especially profound effect on black Americans because the black community has long been a target of the abortion industry and is disproportionately represented in abortion statistics, thanks to Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. About 65 million lives have been lost to the extinction method known as abortion, and about 20 million of those were black lives, said Project 21 member Petrina Mosley. Black Americans make up 12 to 13 percent of the American population, but make up a third of all abortions. Amazing. Is that freedom? Is that racism? Hmm. And who caused it? Who has been demanding it? The Democratic Party that claims to be the feeders of black America. The very ones for whom black America votes are the ones who have done everything possible to exterminate black children. Well, I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Today, again, is no exception. Today, we do talk about the aftermath of the uh, case, the Supreme Court case, that uh, did away with Roe versus Wade after 50 years. Roe versus Wade was an illegitimate case, It was illegitimately established by the Supreme Court, just like the so-called separation of church and state uh, decision made in 1947 was also inappropriate uh, in that there was no such 
thing formed in the Constitution at all. Zero. Nothing. It was created out of whole cloth by justices who determined that that's what they preferred, that that's what they wanted, that's what they thought the social condition of the country would expect, and so that's what they decided to do, and then created out of whole cloth a rationale for doing it and called it constitutional law. It wasn't law at all. It was judicial whim. And so today on Viewpoint, we take a look, those things having been said, we take a look at some of the uh, things that are developing in response to that decision and uh, discuss where we are as a country, as a whole, as we look and consider these things. Judge Andrew Napolitano, who uh, interestingly, uh, a graduate of Princeton University, University of Notre Dame Law School, was the youngest life-tenured superior court judge in the history of New Jersey. And uh, he has written books on the Constitution. And he wrote a piece just uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago called We Reject Judeo-Christian Values of Life and Rights at Our Peril. We reject them at our peril. He said America today epitomizes a culture of death. The government permits the slaughter of babies in the womb and fails to prevent the slaughter of babies in a government classroom. What's going on? What's going on is the American rejection of the core Judeo-Christian value or virtues of the intrinsic worth of every person. He said that when we reject the intrinsic worth of every human life, it is as much of a leap from killing... Is it much of a leap from killing babies in the womb to killing strangers in a supermarket or a classroom? No, he argues, it's just the same. The government may not morally interfere with our rights unless we, the people, waive them, either openly or passively. The government has banned God in the classroom, he said, and on the football field, banished him from the public square and public buildings and ignored his teachings when it writes laws and unleashes its violence. Those are excerpts from his three-page article, We Reject Judeo-Christian Values of Life, Rights at Our Peril. Isn't it interesting? We have some judges now who have a bit of moral background, backbone that is, and if we are not courageous to do that which we ought to do, well, there's nothing left. Courage lost, all lost, and we need a lot of courage in the judicial field today, of people who truly do love the law, first God's law, and then the law of our land. Again, thank you so much for joining us here on Viewpoint today. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, and we trust talk that transforms. Someone said years ago, you cannot listen to Viewpoint long and not be changed. That's why here on Viewpoint, we not only present the facts, we not only present the issues uh, that are troubling us in our world and in our own lives, but we also present them in such a way that we have to make choices for ourselves. We must choose. As Joshua said right there toward the end of the book of Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So isn't that exactly what uh, Judge Napolitano was saying?
We have to choose. And we've been choosing for three or four decades now, in fact, more than that, for about 70 years, we've been choosing. Choosing against biblical values and principles and virtues and choosing our own way. Sounds like Frank Sinatra, doesn't it? I'll do it my way. The American mantra by Frank Sinatra. Or perhaps the Supreme Court has listened to the mantra of Burger King, gotta give the people what we think they want, have it your way. Well, that's not exactly the way the Constitution outlined the judicial branch and especially the Supreme Court. So today, we take a further look at what is happening here in the country. Again, this is Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Please try to explain to me why Democrats would demand abortion tents in national parks so as to murder American babies on federal land. Why would they do that? Well, apparently, Senator Elizabeth Warren thinks that's a good idea. It's amazing. It's utterly amazing what some of these people will come up with. It shows you that, indeed, Judge Napolitano is right. America is epitomizing a culture of death. The Supreme Court gave us somewhat of a reprieve from that, but not a total reprieve. Now it's up to we the people in our respective states to determine what we will do. The federal government, through its courts, will not compel abortions and will not facilitate them. On the other hand, Now, you, I, everywhere we are, Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whatever you claim to be, you will make the decision. You will make the decision where you live as to whether or not the murder of babies in the womb will continue. You'll make the decision. You see, we get the leaders we deserve. We do. We vote them into position. We get the leaders we deserve. And, my dear Democrat friends, if you want to continue to murder your babies, if you want to continue to have that culture of death surrounding you and your family and motivating the political party that you continue to support through your vote and through your money, then do it intentionally. Realize that you are becoming complicit with murderers. That's what you're doing. By intent, by decision, that's exactly what you're doing. Now let's get even more specific about that. Since about uh, 90% of black America, though blacks in America, I should say, uh, vote Democrat because they have yielded to the false promises of the Democratic Party that the Democrats will be their uh, be a God unto them, a father unto them, and provide their every need, 
according to the riches of the Democrat Party, as they steal from the rest of Americans through taxes, excessive taxes. That's what's happening. So, what is the result? Over 20 million black babies exterminated by the willful, provocative, intentional, malicious intent of the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party and its leadership. We have to put it bluntly, friends. Now, here's what's fascinating. If you go back to uh, about uh, 40 years, and you go back to the various Democrat candidates that have run for the presidency of the United States, either in a primary or in a general election, almost every single one of them had previously voiced that they were against abortion. Against abortion. That they believed that it was contrary to the word, the will, and the ways of God, that it was a hateful uh, act, and that they were totally against abortion. I'm thinking of some of the individuals like Bill Clinton, totally against abortion. I'm thinking of somebody like uh, Edward Kennedy, totally against abortion, came out strongly against abortion. I'm thinking of somebody like Jesse Jackson. Oh, yes, every single one of them was strongly against abortion. Jesse Jackson said something like this. He said, what kind of a nation would we have if we allowed this kind of thing to continue? This is contrary to the Holy Spirit. But then he ran for president and changed all of his principles and supported abortion. Is, are these the kind of people you want to support? Whether they're Republican or Democrat, whatever title they might have, are these the kind of people you want to support? Maybe some of us need to be a little bit more judicious about the people we decide to support. Because, friends, if you support someone who holds these principles, you are as guilty as they are for the extermination of those children. You are. The Apostle Paul talked about that in Romans chapter 1. Right at the end of the chapter, he says, look, after they have this reprobate mind, are given over to a reprobate mind by God, because they refuse to honor him as God, therefore their foolish minds and hearts become darkened. He gives them over to all kinds of perversion. And then he says, it's not only those who do these things that are guilty before God, but those who approve them are equally guilty. Approve or affirm them. So if you're voting for individuals, if you're supporting them with your dollars or with your vote, individuals that you know or should know are affirming the extermination of babies in the womb, you are as guilty before God as the one who is doing it. Just let that settle in. This is not a game. 
You see, abortion may be considered an issue, but it's not a political issue. It's only been made a political issue. It is fundamentally a moral and spiritual issue. It's a biblical issue. It's an issue of whether or not we agree with God or not, of whether or not we're going to align ourselves with our Creator and His viewpoint or not. If we don't align ourselves with our Creator and His viewpoint, and therefore decide that we can become surrogate gods, and we can superimpose our own viewpoint on His, and decide that notwithstanding that God created man, humankind, in His image, that anymore we're able to determine whether or not we're going to sustain such a life or do anything possible to protect it. Rather, we're going to actually take active steps to exterminate it. That's what we're doing. There's no other way to put it. It's very, very clear. The moment you try to take the moral and spiritual issue and turn it into a political issue is the moment we're engaged in massive deception. Because we've shifted the whole focus away from the truth to feelings and power and perks and position, something that's very, very, very secondary at best. The politics is not the primary issue. It's the moral and spiritual issue. And it's the moral and spiritual issue that underlay our entire country, its founding. This is why America became great. America became great not because of our great power or perks or position, not even because of our great natural resources, any of that. When Alexis de Tocqueville came over here, that secular Frenchman, to observe and figure out what it was that made America great, he looked at all of those things. He spent nine months here, and it gave birth to a book called Democracy in America. Nine months gave birth to a book. And one of the most famous books in the history of the country And he observed, it was not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness that I understood the secret of her genius and power. He said America is great because America is good. In other words, moral, spiritually foundational on the word of God. But if America ever ceases to be good or virtuous, America will cease to be great. Now, what do you think is happening to America? What do you think is happening? I've told this story before. It was about 20 years ago when I was uh, flying back and forth across the country, speaking in various places and so on. I was had a layover in uh, Cincinnati. And uh, sitting across from me in the airport was a uh, black gentleman and uh, we engaged in conversation. I always love to have conversation with people that are surrounding me there. It's, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to do. And he identifies himself as coming from Zimbabwe. He lives in Zimbabwe in Africa. And uh, so he said, you know, um, you in your country used to send missionaries over to Zimbabwe and... Uh, we would ask the missionaries, what is it about America that makes her so great? And the missionaries would respond saying, well, the reason our country is so great and so prosperous is because we worship God and obey him. So 
Then this man from Zimbabwe, with a serious look on his face, leaned over and he said to me, whatever happened to America? We're wondering in our country, whatever happened to America? That was 20 years ago, friends. In other words, he saw that we had totally abandoned the very foundation of the greatness of our country. And our country was deteriorating and making a mockery of the God we complained to serve, uh, profess to serve all over the world. And then the leaders that we're electing are also making a mockery of the country, starting with Barack Obama, who went out and began to an apology to her about the country and began to provoke even the leaders of Africa to embrace homosexuality and abortion and to do it with impunity. And they said, not so, Mr. President. Are you beginning to get the picture? So what do you make of it? Left-wing abortion zealots now, led by Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, wants to set up abortion tents across America's national parks in red states so that baby murder can continue to be carried out against America's babies, <coughs> Excuse me, in contradiction to the recent Roe decision rendered by the U.S. Supreme Court. Pretty bizarre, isn't it? It's more than bizarre. It's horrific. To make our national parks a place which are supposed to be the repository for America's families to be a place of butchery, a butchery factory for babies where people come to murder their future families. That's what Elizabeth Warren was promoting. I mean, just think of what what Joe Biden might do. He might call it recycling by spreading the gory remains of the butchered babies across the national parks, claiming it's nitrogen for trees or something like that, part of the green movement. This This is the kind of ridiculous thinking. It's called reprobate thinking. It's a reprobate mind, friends, that is driving this debauchery. So, it appears Elizabeth Warren has suggested the Biden administration establish Planned Parenthood outposts on the edges of national parks. They could put up tents, have trained personnel, and be there to help people who need it. It's time to declare a medical emergency. A medical emergency for whom? A medical emergency for the babies. Are you shaking your head yet? Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, are you a Christian? Really? I mean, a real Christian. Are you really one who believes and obeys God? Or are you worshiping at the throne of some political party, Republican, Democrat, or whatever? I like what Dr. Tony Evans once said. He said, God is not going to run into, uh, ride into Washington on the back of elephants or donkeys representing the political parties. No, 
He's not going to come into Washington on the backs of elephant or doggies. He's not coming to take sides. He's coming to take over. But he can't do that unless he takes you over. And you are the only one that can allow God to take over. And you've got to make a decision. There are millions and millions of professing Christians across this country and their pastors who are going to have to go through some major, 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 major repentance because they have participated, wittingly or unwittingly, in the carnage of the crucifixion of our children. Is anybody listening yet? And if that's not enough, just let the Pentagon get involved. Forget about the Satanists. They're claiming they're entitled to abortion as a religious right. How about the Pentagon? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Always a delight to be able to come before you here on Viewpoint to discuss the things that matter most. Not from Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or any other political party's view, but from God's eternal perspective. We get God's eternal perspective directly from His Word. We don't manipulate His Word like the Supreme Court has tried to manipulate the Constitution to their own destruction and to the destruction of our country. Unfortunately, we tried to manipulate the Bible, God's Word, which is the spiritual constitution of all Christians and formerly of this country. You can't manipulate it. You do, and you're pretending to be God. That's exactly what Satan did, and that's what the Antichrist will do. He will pretend to be God. He will pretend to be able to solve all of these problems so that you don't have to trust God anymore. You can just trust government. You can trust the new global government that the Democrat Party now is urging you to embrace, that Joe Biden is urging you to embrace, that Hillary Clinton has been urging you, Joe, uh, Bill Clinton has been urging you to embrace, Barack Obama was urging you to embrace. John Kerry urging you to embrace the new global order. All of them consummate globalists. And they're not all Democrats. Because George W. Bush and his daddy, George H.W. Bush, were also consummate globalists. All 
moving America into a false trust, into a global government, the resurrection of the ancient Tower of Babel, or Babel. That's where it's all going. And you and I, friends, have to make a choice. And we make that choice every day. You're making the choice right now as you're listening. Maybe you didn't want to listen, so you turned it off. You're making the choice. You see, you cannot listen to viewpoint long and not make a choice because it's not just about information. It's about transformation. Transformation when we is when we're called to make a choice based upon the information. But if you don't present the information accurately and properly so that the people can make a choice, then you actually are involved in the deception of the people. All right. If you do not have a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, you need to get it. Because that's the movement of everything. Everything is moving that direction rapidly. Very rapidly. More rapidly than you can possibly imagine. Or are willing to imagine, that is. $23, $22, we'll put it in your hands. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 2. Three two five five. You're writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling, and we'll get the book out to you. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I really don't. Oh, you're going to be almost overwhelmed with information. Oh, but as you read, slowly but surely, you're going to realize the personal impact that that information has for you and your family and your congregation, my pastor friend. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Okay, we press on. Satanists claim they're entitled to abortion as a religious right. One group claims to be exempted from all of the uh, abortion rules, the Supreme Court, and so on. The Satanic Temple issued a statement after the court ruling was released insisting that it is recognized by the IRS as a religion. And since it considers abortion a religious ritual, those procedures must be allowed under federal law. So, if they consider the Satanic Temple considers, like did the Aztecs, the uh, taking of a human life and cutting out the hearts of people while they were still alive as a ritual, then that should be protected also, right? I mean, that's the reasoning of the Satanic Temple. So they say, in states that continue to provide abortion services, we will take steps, including legal action, to ensure our members do not have to endure hindrances to access to kill our children. Okay, let's put it bluntly the way it is. Now, it took the Russian times to really let us know what was happening in the U.S. military because our media doesn't want to talk about it. 
It's almost as if we're under a government censorship, whether it's MSNBC, CNN, whether it's uh, Fox News, uh, Newsmax, whatever it happens to be. It seems that they're all under a kind of censorship. Is it self-censorship or is it government censorship? What is it? Because you can't hear these kinds of things from them. So it comes from the Russian Times. Here it is. Pentagon weighs in on abortion. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says that the Pentagon is reviewing its policies and available options as permitted by federal law to protect American service members' access to abortion. Now, what this really means is to facilitate American service members killing their babies. That's what it really means. So when they use the the euphemistic language, access to abortion, what they really mean is to facilitate the opportunity for service members to kill their unborn children. He said, nothing is more important to me or to this Department of Defense than the health and well-being of our service members. Well, how about their children? If you didn't have the children, where in the world would you get your service members from? I guess he hasn't thought about that, the U.S. Defense Chief. He's not there to defend the unborn. He's not there to defend life at all. He's there to defend his power, perks, and position. And his position in the Democrat Party power structure. To please the people like a representative of a governmental Burger King. Gotta give the people what I think they want. Have it your will. Kill all your children. We'll help you do it. We'll facilitate it through the Department of Defense. No, the Department of Execution. The Department of Defense has come under increased pressure by activists and lawmakers to ensure easy access to abortion for service members. The federal law forbidding the use of tax dollars for most abortions precludes military doctors from providing these services. That means troops have to travel off base for an abortion. Have to? They don't have to. They don't have to get an abortion. They want to. This is not a have-to situation. This is a want to kill your children. It's as simple as that. There's nothing difficult about it. It's not complex. We can try to make it complex like human beings are wont to do, but it's not complex at all. It's very simple. Barbara Streisand now is weighing in on all of this. This comes from Israel National News, believe it or not. Barbara Streisand calls the Supreme Court of the United States an American Taliban. Following the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, the American singer and actor Barbara Streisand said that the court was the American Taliban. She, she also accused the court of using religious dogma to overturn the constitutional right to abortion. 
which he presumes that there was a constitutional right to abortion, which there was not. It was judges or justices who on their own whim decided to create a right that didn't exist. And we're going to get to that in the final segment of the program. As we listen to Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, talk to us about how this happened. It's called judicial gymnastics. Judicial gymnastics. That has a ring to it, doesn't it? Judicial gymnastics. I'm writing it down now. I never thought of it that way before. All right. The court uses religious dogma to overturn the constitutional right to abortion. I don't understand where Barbara Streisand got this. The court didn't talk about religious dogma. It talked about the Constitution. Maybe she doesn't understand that, although as apparently a Jewish person, she apparently is in rebellion against the God of the Jewish people. Now we know, if you have been paying attention, that law enforcement officers in Phoenix, Arizona, used tear gas to break up a sizable group of protesters outside the state Senate building following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn the landmark abortion ruling in Roe v. Wade. The situation escalated into a hostage situation as lawmakers were instructed not to exit the building. Now, does this bring up anything in your mind of recent memory? like the date January 6th. So here's the Republican caucus of the state Senate later calling the protest an attempted insurrection using the very terminology that the Democrats have tried to use against Donald Trump. Being held hostage had to be dismissed with tear gas. One of the children of the members sobbing with fear. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking about the aftermath of the Roe versus Wade decision, its implications for us, for our country, uh, where we're headed, why we're headed that way, the choices that you and I must make. I have in my hands 
a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America. Renewing the Soul of America. This book was endorsed by 38 national Christian leaders. Now you tell me where you can get 38 national Christian leaders, many of whom were actually at war with one another over various issues, but they all endorsed this book. What was it about this book, as compared with so many other books that had come out about our country, that caused them to endorse this book? Would you like to know what the difference was? They saw that this was different than all the other books. This was not a book just about information, although it was loaded with information that they actually love and have quoted from their pulpits. So what was the difference? The difference is that the book actually applied to the reader. It wasn't just talking about them out there. It applied to the reader so that real change could take place for the renewing of the soul of America. So ultimately, it was a book about you and about me, even as the book looks at all of these other issues and so on and talks about the fundamental uh, characters, uh, character of our country and uh, talks about faith and freedom, our sacred honor, uh, the truth, nothing but the truth, matters of principle, restoring the American vision and so on, faith and freedom, the integrity gap in our country, a civil body politic, compassion that counts, our brother's keeper, and so on. All of these different things. 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it. This book has sold more than any of our other books. And there's a reason. And I want to make it available to you here as we're on the cusp of our next national birthday. It is an $18 book. It should be a $20-some book, but it's an $18 book. Yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Bonk 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, if you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, it's a life-changing book. It's a nation-changing book. It's a family-changing book. It's a congregation-changing book. Believe me, it is. Renewing the Soul of America. In the back of the book is an appendix, and in that appendix you will find one of the most important documents ever penned in the history of our country. No, it's not the Declaration of Independence. It may actually be more important than that. In fact, it's so important that some historians have said it is the most important document ever in the history of the country to define one of the principal threads of our whole country. It's called A Model of Christian Charity, written by a lawyer, John Winthrop. Perhaps the best expression of what America was to be and become and I, I want, it's in the back of our book, and uh, I want to share some words from toward the end of that with you right now before we move forward. John Winthrop writes this, Thus stands the case between God and us. We are entered into covenant with him for this work, 
we've taken out a commission. Now, if the Lord shall be pleased to hear us and bring us in peace to the place we desire, then he has ratified this covenant and sealed our commission and will expect strict performance of the articles contained in it. Now, what's he talking about? He was about ready to land four boatloads of Puritans in Massachusetts. So he writes this. This is like a spiritual constitution for the Massachusetts and for the country. But he says, if we neglect to observe these articles, which are the ends we have propounded, and dissembling or playing games with our God, shall embrace this present world and prosecute our carnal intentions, seeking great things for ourselves and our posterity, the Lord will surely break out in wrath against us and be revenged of such a perjured people, and he will make us to know the price of the breach of such covenant. Are we experiencing that? Indeed, we are, friends, in spades. We're experiencing the price of our breach of that covenant. He goes on to say, now the only way to avoid this shipwreck and to provide for our posterity is to follow the counsel of the prophet Micah to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. But he says, if we deal falsely with our God in this work that we have undertaken and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword throughout the world. We shall open the mouths of enemies to speak evil of the ways of God, and we shall shame the faces of many of God's worthy servants and cause their prayers to be turned into curses upon us till we are forced out of the new land where we are going. What a prophetic voice coming from a godly lawyer. He set the stage for our country. And we'll finish with his words here today on Viewpoint in his model of Christian charity. But before we get there, let's go back to the fallout from the Roe versus Wade abortion situation. First of all, it was the day Chief Justice Roberts lost his court. That is the title coming from the New York Times. The most important case of his 17-year tenure, Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. found himself entirely alone. He had worked for seven months to try to persuade his colleagues to join him in merely chipping away at Roe versus Wade. Instead, they reduced him to rubble. In the process, they humiliated the nominal leader of the court and rejected major elements of his jurisprudence. All they did was prove that Justice Chief Justice John Roberts was a chameleon. He was not a man of principle and never had been. He had made some of the worst decisions and led the court in making some of the most compromising decisions that had absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution and has caused great havoc in our country. Now, they said, we're not going to let you get by with this again. We're not going to listen to your coercion to try to compromise on this important issue. We're going to take this ball in our hands 
and we're going to do what God would have us to do to protect life. So Clarence Thomas comes out and calls for the elimination of what he calls substantive due process. Now, he's not coming against due process. He's coming against a figment, a legal fiction called substantive due process. So he agreed with the U.S. Supreme Court's majority that the faulty Roe versus Wade decision that created a right to abortion in the U.S. Constitution had been overturned. He explained, because the court properly applies our substantive due process precedents to reject the fabrication of a constitutional right to abortion, and because this case does not present the opportunity to reject substantive due process entirely, I join the court's opinion. But this is what's making Democrats crazy. He said, in future cases, we should follow the text of the Constitution In other words, the words of the Constitution, which sets forth certain substantive rights that cannot be taken away. So how were these substantive these rights taken away? By a legal fiction called substantive due process, which he says conflicts with the textual command and has harmed our country in many ways. We should eliminate it from our jurisprudence at the earliest opportunity. So where does this idea come from? He noted that the pro-abortion faction attacking the state of Mississippi's new abortion limit cited one source, one source for their claims, the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment guaranteed that no state shall deprive any persons of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So, the majority opinion in this Roe case explains why, under court precedence, the purported right to abortion is not a form of liberty protected by the Due Process Clause. What these liberal judges were claiming, and did claim all the way back to 1973 and earlier, is that if you just give due process of law, in other words, you have a court hearing, That gives you the right, if the judges so decide and desire to, to take away the substantive rights that are protected by the Constitution. And that's exactly what the court did. They created a right when there was no right because those justices in 1973 just decided on their own whim that If we as a court are going to look at the issue of abortion, then we can decide whether to remove life. We can decide whether to remove any of the protections. And that's how, by the way, Democrats are trying to take away the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. They're trying to take away religious rights. They're trying to take away all of the rights of the Constitution guaranteed under the Bill of Rights under this legal fiction called substantive due process. That if nine justices, if five out of nine justices decide on their own whim that it would be nice, it would be good, or the culture is moving this direction that 
This is what we should do to really overlook what the Constitution actually protects and make a whole new rule over it. In other words, to rewrite the Constitution. That's what they did. And Justice Thomas went right to the heart of it and said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to clean up this mess that our own court has created over the past decades. That should explain a lot. Now we go back to Attorney John Winthrop. In his model of Christian charity, in the appendix of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, the book is worth it just for those, uh, what, 10 pages or so. Here's what he said. There is now set before us life and good, death and evil. And we're commanded this day to love the Lord our God and to love one another, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his laws and the articles of our covenant with him, that the Lord our God may bless us in the land. But if our hearts shall turn away so that we will not obey, but shall be seduced and worship other gods, our pleasures, and our prophets. That's what abortion's all about, by the way. We shall surely perish out of the good land. Therefore, let us choose life that we and our seed may live by obeying his voice and cleaving to him, for he is our life and our prosperity. Get a copy of the book, friends. It will be so encouraging to you in times like this. What a great book to get a hold of and to read thoughtfully as we head toward our national birthday, Renewing the Soul of America. $15, we'll put that $18 book in your hand. It's on our website, saveus.org. You can give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us. Do it today. Don't delay. If you're writing a check, add $5 for postage and handling. And may I please, again, urge you to become a partner with us. Don't delay. Do you not realize the intensity of what is taking place and how much the more so these messages are needed for such a time as this? Come and join with us, William. I believe God will bless you for You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.